Okay, welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast, guys. This is an episode that I did with John Vidine on his podcast, Dents and Dreams. So it's me being interviewed by him. A fantastic podcast, another great podcast for for the industry, coming from an industry leader and a toolmaker in John Vidine. So if you're if you haven't checked out his podcast, go check it out. Um, I will be in Texas this week at the Anson Open House. Um, on Saturday too, and leading up, I'll be there on Friday as well and Saturday. So um, if you're curious to follow along what's going on there, go follow me on Instagram at Coach Corey K, the PDR Coach, and you know I'll be doing some lives and some and some stuff there, so you guys can check out the uh, new Anson location out in Burleson, Texas. Um, I also just announced a Young Guns PDR 20 group, which is a group mastermind coaching program for guys that are in zero to five years in business. So guys from all around the country in similar situation as you trying to grow their business, trying to get some traction, trying to, uh, make this, make a good life for themselves in PDR all coming together to help. I'm partnered up with Gene Fetty on that. So he and I are uh, doing the coaching together. We're putting on the group together and both adding value to the group. If you want more information um, about that, then reach out to me wherever you can, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, if you're following me on those places uh, or wherever. Uh, a lot of you have my cell phone too, so you can call me or text me. Uh, anyways, enjoy the show and I'll give you some recap about the Anson Open House next week. What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome, everybody. Welcome in. It's time for Dents and Dreams, a paintless dent repair podcast focusing on how you can use the fruits of this wonderful trade we call PDR to achieve your wildest dreams. I'm John Vadine, your friendly neighborhood dent reaper and host of Dents and Dreams. And now let's get started. So today I have a wonderful, wonderful guest. Uh, you may know him as the PDR Coach, along the name of his podcast. I know him as Coach Corey K. And I'm just going to bring him in without any further ado. Coach Corey, how are you? I am great. How's it going today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Loving life. Loving life. Just dancing dreams. That's what Dance I always say. And dreams, baby. <laughs> uh, it's another beautiful day. I tell you what. Uh, 16 degrees outside mm-hmm. and uh, a lovely 69 in here right now. So Nice. Uh, yeah, in California, we're at least double that right now. So <laughs> pretty stoked about that. Uh, I was cold this morning. I was working out this morning and, and uh, it was 36 and I was a little frustrated. Not going to lie. It was yeah. a little chilly. Yeah. You were pushing metal in 36 degrees? No, I was working out. Oh, working out. I guess that was, yeah, pushing metal upwards and pulling on it, you know, that kind of metal. Yeah, it's a different push. Yeah. Different push. Mm -hmm. Also beneficial. So, uh, you know, you know how we normally do this. We got to go over your origin story. I think most people probably already know you, uh, but why don't you tell us where you're, where you come from, how you got into PDR and, uh. What you're doing now? 
Yeah, I wonder how many people know me. I, I think about that sometimes, um, you know, with how many texts there are in this country versus how many, I see how many podcast downloads I get. If it's based off that, no one knows me. So maybe that's will help a little bit. Um, so my, my origin story is a little interesting. I'm, I'm already a second generation PDR tech, but my dad started with Dent Pro, the original Dent Pro out in the West Coast in like late 90, early 91. I think he technically started his business in 1991. Um, he was like delivering air for Prax Air and doing all this like just stuff to barely make it by, just barely making it work. And his buddy approached him about who owned a used car dealership approach them about starting this, you know, thing where they, you know, fix dents by kind of just pushing them out, you know? And uh, my dad's always been pretty handy. He can build stuff, make stuff, um, always worked on his own house, built all of the stuff. So he's like, all right, let's give it a shot. So they borrowed money from my grandpa, my, my mom's dad, and came up with 60,000 bucks between the two of them in 90, which was like everything. 60 grand, was 60 grand to, buy, back then? to buy the franchise. To buy the so it was an original franchise. I think there were six guys who originally started doing it. And uh, my dad and his partner were one of them in 1991. And then there was training for like, you know, three or four weeks. Basically, you know, look at this PVC pipe or this uh, yeah PVC pipe mounted on a board, just like stuck in a board. Only one way. You can only have it straight up and down, right? You couldn't bend it or turn it. It was just a PVC pipe. So look at this and then just get, you know, on the back of the panel, push it out from the inside out. It's super easy, right? So three weeks of training, it's like race that go. Uh, pros and cons to that, though, back in the 90s was uh, you could walk into a dealer and say, hey, I can uh, fix those dents for you without you sending them to the body shop. And they're like, bullshit. Like, let me show you. It'll take me a quick seven hours to fix that one inch dent. And uh, you'll see how great it is. <laughs> but anyway, so, so. I was born in 86. My dad started in 91. So, you know, my whole life he's been doing this for any of my memory. Um, go to work with him on the summers. And really in high school was when I started somewhat getting interested in it. He would force me to go to work with him essentially during high school summers. So I wouldn't, you know, stay out of trouble, you know, instead of riding my bike all around the city and, you know, finding stuff to do. <laughs> um, I'd go to work with him. And we'd go to like a used car lot or a, or a Hertz car sales. And he'd, you know, there'd be 25 cars that are due. He'd fix 24 and I'd hack up one for seven hours and he'd come behind me and fix it. And we'd go to the next place. And that's how I learned my training. My dent repair training was really over a span of four years in the summers. And uh, that's how I learned. <laughs> so go ahead. So he's running a mobile vi a business in the early nineties. Mm -hmm. I mean, did how do you how do you manage it? Did he have the Zach Morris brick phone? How do you, how do you manage that? He had a pager. All right. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, he had uh, the I remember pager and on his belt, um, and uh, some some body shop or somebody would text him, and we would drive to a payphone, and call, you know. For everyone probably knows who page what pagers are, but there was very minimal texting, and so it was just like, "Call me, phone number." You put so we'd find a pay phone in there, and then if it's an emergency, you put nine one one after. Okay, I didn't even know that. Okay, I was a kid, so I'm like, I don't even know. So we'd find a pay phone, or we'd be at another body shop or a dealership, and we'd call him up, and you know, and say, "Hey, how can we help you?" Then he upgraded to like Palm Pilot, and then he had a phone built into his truck. 
you know, until, until really obviously, oh, seven, eight, nine. But yeah, he was running that business for, you know, it wasn't a ton of retail. It was pretty much just wholesale body shops at that point. You walk into a dealership and, and, um, you know, tell them what you could do. And they were also amazed that you, you just got the dealership. It wasn't now where like everybody has a dent guy back then. People didn't even know what it was. And it's interesting too, because I've talked to him before and it's, they started, they, they were billing $75 per panel back then, you know? So if you had a dent, a car with like five panels on it, you were making good money in the nineties. But the downside was that the tooling and the, and the training was so rudimentary that, um, the amount of time it took to fix stuff was just 10 times it is now. So really the money was fairly similar, even though we're getting now and are in the same business 30 years later, probably 75 bucks a car. Yeah. You know, crazy, crazy. Mm -hmm. So does he still push? He still pushes. Yep. He started in, he was about my age, I think exactly my age, 34 when he started and he's uh 63 going on 64 still pushes. Um, I think it keeps him young, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's still out there every day. Like he's not grinding as much as he used to, but he's, he, he's there every day. He's, he doesn't do wholesale. He doesn't do like, you know, 18 cars in a day. He's just body shops and retails, that type of stuff. Jackpot. That's but that's how I, that's how I got into the business, man. Just kind of forced on me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good thing to have forced on you. It is. At least your dad wasn't, uh, you know, working in a slaughterhouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know who worked in a slaughterhouse? Oh, Michael Hadrogo. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That was you, have you had him on your podcast? I have, yeah. Is that where I heard that probably? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll dig, if if you're curious, I'll dig a little further into that. I shared it a little bit, but getting stuff handed to you or forced upon you in life gives you a different perspective about about it. Right. I mean, everything in life is perspective and the way you see it and the way that it really resonates with you. So my whole life, I thought dental repair was easy because I just learned how to do it over many, many years. It was never, I don't remember like the, the pain and the struggle. Cause when I was going to work with my dad, like I, he just gave me free lunch and I was happy. I didn't even make money. I was just like riding around with him. Right. So it wasn't like, I had expectations of quality in order to get paid so I can pay my fucking rent. You know, it was just like, so when I came out of all that training and I went, I graduated from high school and I'm like, I'm going to take a a week off or a month, excuse me, a semester off before I go to college and just like do this dent repair thing full time. So I went to dent pro official dent pro training with the owner of dent pro at the time, Mitch. And it was a four week training program. And I, I, me being a high school kid that just wasn't on the right path. I showed up a week late on accident. And uh, so he was pissed about that. And then a one week into the training, he um, sent me home. He was like, dude, you don't need the training. You've been working with your dad for a total of a year, probably over this time. Like you can fix shit already as good as I can teach you. Just go do it. You know? And so obviously for me, I'm like, I'm the fucking best dent guy there ever was, right? I already know how to do it. I'm 18 years old. I don't even need training, all this stuff, right? So you get that in your head. Like that's the perspective that you have going into it. Doesn't make for growing a great business or a great mindset around it, you know? A little extra swagger going on. Right, yeah. I mean, looking back, I realize why, but also I wish somebody had like probably, you know, checked me a little bit. So 2009, um, shit hit the fan in the world. 
right? And dent repair was about as luxury as you get. Um, breaks and and other stuff come before uh, dent repair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you went to that training, that yeah. was that 2009 or was that 2008 or? That was 2004. Okay. Yeah. So you got five years leading up until mm-hmm. the bubble burst. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just working for my dad. And so I did that first semester. I went back to work for my dad um, full time. And then I started going to college and I would go to college three days a week and I would work uh, for my dad two days a week. And so the, my ego was building that entire time, right? I'm working two days a week. My, a lot of my buddies and friends were like waiter or waitressing or working at wherever, like five nights a week for tips. And they're making like, you know, 600 bucks or something. And I'm working and I'm decent at dent. I'm like, I am decent at dent repair at this point. And I'm making, you know, I work two, two full days a week and I'm, you know, making, you know, four grand a month in college working two days a week. So add that on top of everything, right. I'm going to college. I'm making, you know, crazy money for a college kid. That's not working nights and weekends. So I had all this free time and I just had this whole ego built up about me that I like, I understand life. I get it. I got this thing, all this stuff. And so 2009 came around and, and I just graduated college, just got married, all that stuff. And I, and kind of stuff was falling apart around Dampro. So I told my dad, like, Hey, I'm going to go do like, a, I'm going to go do like a real job. I'm going to go like work for like a big company, right. And do some sales or wear a suit and all that shit. That's who I thought I was at the time. So I, I left and went and did that for about three years. And I, I hated about every minute of it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, so I went around and I was working for big, uh, trucking companies doing sales. And then I ended up in medical device sales and I was, I was running around there all over California selling medical devices and making decent money, but traveling like a mother, like a hail guy, I would say, <laughs> you know, not really. Cause I wouldn't be stationed in one place, but I would travel for like three weeks out of three weeks out of the, um, out of the month. And I had my first kid and I just had to, I just cold, had to cold Turkey that because my wife was like, I didn't sign up. Go. I'm talking too much. You tell me. No, you tell no, me. no, you're not. It's just amazing to me. So how long were you out of PDR before you got back in? From nine, like nine to 12. Oh, nine to 2012. Yeah. Wow. So I was like five or six years in five or six years of full time, but like four more years of part time. So I was like, I was good enough to make most people happy. Like I was, I was a 19 year old kid going to people's houses, working on their hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. They would pull up and be like, like, where's the dent guy? How could you be good at this? Um, so anyways, yeah, I was gone for three years. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who's taken a sabbatical from PDR. (laughs) So, yeah. So you, you were selling, you were in, basically outside sales, what you call it, just Mm -hmm. going shop to shop, selling this or that. Mm -hmm. Uh, What kind of income is that? 50, 60 grand a year or something? No. So I was like, I've always been outgoing and make, and decent at um, sales and stuff. So the reason I got into medical device was, was for the money. That's what I thought, like the, the pinnacle of the outside sales world. And if you ask people that do sales, it's, you know, you get into medical device and um, pharmaceuticals. That's usually... If I can, I don't know. 
there's a lot more women in pharmaceutical sales um, and a lot more men in medical device. It is what it is. It's not as it's, I'm not saying there's a reason for it. It just is what it is. Um, so I was in medical device sales and I, I mean, I was making, you know, 90, 100. If I got bonus or did well, I could make a little over 100, right? Which was better than money that I was making in debt repair. Um, but, uh, you know, as a 20 something year old, uh, it's pretty good. But yeah, I, I, I just, I hated that. I hated that. I hated just selling something and then never seeing it again. I, I didn't, I didn't like that, especially coming from dent repair where I, where I sold something, delivered the product and saw the customer's reaction. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so now I was just selling stuff. Um, and just whatever the little number on the Excel spreadsheet that they sent me, if that went up, then I was doing better. And that was it, you know? And so, um, the impetus for me to quit was like, we had our first kid and my wife was like, you know, when we signed up for this whole life thing together, like it wasn't for you to, to be gone for 75, 80, 85% of the time. <laughs> like, it's not going to work this way. It wasn't like we didn't really go down the road of talking about divorce or anything like that, but it was clear that if that was my path in life, then it wasn't going to work. So, yeah, and I was doing good in sales. I was like doing good. And so like they would, they would give me more territories. They're like, Hey, you have, you have Central California. Now you get to go to Reno in Nevada. Now you get to go to the Bay area, Bay area, Silicon Valley. Now you get to go to Bakersfield in LA. I'm like growing territories, but with all that came more possibility of income, but more, travel. So I told him, I went to him and said like, look, I'm doing good. You like me. You keep giving me more stuff. You need to pull back my travel or I quit. I have to. And they were like, all right, you're fucking replaceable. So peace. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, like that works three years. To get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stack of a bunch of 20 somethings that are willing to do whatever I tell them for 60 grand to start, like bye. And so I called my dad up and I was like, I, to come back to work for you. I was like, I can fix dents. I can sell. This was in 2012, 2012, I think. And January 1, 2012. And I was like, I can fix dents. I can sell. Let's grow this thing. And so eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah. So how was it coming back? Was there a little rust? Did it take a minute to get your eye back or? No. Really? You just yeah. jump right back in. Yeah, I just came back, man. I mean, I mean, we, like weeks, you know, yeah. to get it back. It wasn't. I mean, it was something that had been do, uh, done for almost oh, yeah. a decade before that, and so it was. You know, it's riding a bicycle. Like I, I wasn't yeah. good when I came back, but I was doing wholesale, so you know, it was hey, fine. I remember the first month I that come I come back from MTE in the first dent yeah. I push. I'm like, how does this go? Yeah. But, <laughs> the first dent that's true i agree with that um the first month the first month i came back i did seven thousand um which is i don't know if that's good bad in january or, that's decent in january in in california okay well i don't i don't know how california I mean, yeah. so that's my story man nicer it, than minnesota but, yeah uh, that's the story in PDR, out of PDR, back into PDR. And I, I love the industry. I love the people. I love doing the work. Um, and I know that more than ever. It took, it took me leaving in order to know that though, to be perfectly honest with you. I, would, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you or, or coaching people or providing value as much as I can for the industry if I, if I was still just 
born into it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. and you got to you got to spread your wings in another direction and mm -hmm. uh, decided to uh, circle back. So mm -hmm. it uh, it shows the passion. So yeah. You come back in 2012, you start growing stuff, and then was it 19 or 18? When did you start the the uh, the road to to the coaching stuff? I mean, shit, road to coach, like the road to coaching, I would say, was in 2012. <laughs> the road to it. Right. So I came back. I mean, in the sales process, it's like, a lot of the mind game and you go through some trainings and you, and you learn how to sell and do all that. So I kind of got sparked into the uh, personal development world, right? Yeah. Like how, like, Oh, like other people can teach me to be way better at these things than I am. Right. Zig Ziglar was like one of the first guys, like I would listen to his CDs while I was driving around selling, yeah. you know, some, someone that I worked with at the time was like, Hey, you know, listen to this guy. And so that was really like, the personal development start. And I think that's where coaching coaching is like kind of the pinnacle of personal development. I think there's so much free content now with podcasts and books and, you know, just Facebook forums and all these things you can learn from other people, like whether it's dank guys or how to work out or how to lose weight or anything you want to know, like yeah. there's free yeah. resources everywhere. Oh, right. Yeah. There's systems and books and yeah. This so, guy's pyramid or mm -hmm. this guy's circle. Or yeah, exactly. they, all have, they all have their way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. I got my circle. I got my Venn diagram. You can go check out on my website. Change your life. It'll change your life. But the problem with the free stuff is that um, statistically, in the majority of like 1% of people ever do anything with the free information, right? Because there's no skin in the game on it. Yep. Right. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I just learning, growing trying to be the best person that I could be, but also be humble, right? That whole experience humbled me more than anything else. Like it, it knocked me down 20 pegs in that, like I can't just go into, into something and make it work and be the best at it. Cause I thought that's just thought of what it was. Like I just grew up in dent repair and I just did it. I looked at other people who were like struggling and like, it's so hard to learn dent repair. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that. But you know, and I've talked about this to people too. Like, my passion wasn't there because like I didn't quit my job and go start a dent repair company and they sacrifice everything to try to find a way to make it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And if you don't have that, it's hard to have the passion. It's hard to have like the perspective on what this industry or what this job really means to so many people, you know? Well, I mean, that's for me. I mean, the struggle was mm -hmm. very real. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember many times thinking about quitting and mm -hmm. I mean, I launched more tools. I mean, I could have went, I could have went to the Olympics for the javelin throw on a couple of them. Yeah, exactly. I remember those days, but it didn't mean a lot to me. I mean, it just, it, it was a frustration, but it, it didn't matter to, to my you're livelihood. In college, you're in college worried about beer money and That's I'm it. worried yeah. about my wife and two-year-old mm -hmm. daughter at home. Yep. It's, a, it's a different, mm -hmm. uh, different struggle. Yeah. And I made my beer money on the first car. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> and then all the rest was gravy after that. So if I got pissed off, I would just leave yep. like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. This is stupid, you know, but eventually I just kept showing up and figuring it out. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I, I go down that path and then, um, 
uh, I start joining groups, right? I start getting more involved. I start putting a little bit of money where my mouth is. And like, when you start putting money into like learn from people and get trainings from people and attend events, right? Tony Robbins events uh, would be one example or groups of PDR guy events or whatever, right? And so I started doing that just myself. And I saw my my our, my business grow, my my mind grow, just personally grow, the relationship with my wife wife grow, me as a father to my children grew. Like I was just learning all these things from all these different people, and like some of it was good, some of it I try, and it did, just wasn't for me. And so I'd be like, okay, that doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was the, what was the first event that you went to? And is this post two thousand twelve, post coming back to PDR? Yeah. This is yes is post 2012. Um, everything that I've done is virtual. Okay. Um, I've never done physical events partially because I never felt like I had the money for it. <laughs> um, they, are, they can be spendy. They can be very expensive. I've looked um, into a few of them, never done mm-hmm. one either personally. I mean, typically thousands, you know, yeah. And, um, Sometimes five figures, yeah. yeah, raising a family, uh, single, you know, I'm the only income. My wife is, is stays at home with three kids, um, living in California, all that stuff. So everything I've done, I've done is virtual. So I would join a uh, mastermind groups or I would go to, um, you know, trainings online with Tony Robbins or Dean Graziosi or, or I don't know, some of, uh, some of those people I can't, they escape me right now, but I don't, I don't know which one was my actual first when I look back at, as I'm talking and rambling, I look back and think like, it's all just such a conglomeration of people. Like I, you, you said like, Oh, did I hear that? Uh, Michael worked at a slaughterhouse in your podcast. Like I don't even know where I heard half the stuff right, from. Right. It's just in there. I'm not like, Oh, this nugget I got from this person and this nugget I got from this person. And, and, um, it's just like a personal development journey where you just like each day you take in more information and use what works best for you. And, and, try to be the best yeah, yeah. person right. that you well, can. So that said, do you yeah. have, do you have a favorite, a favorite group or book or. Master yeah. Group? I mean, today, my, my favorite group that I've ever been involved with and still am involved with is the RTA syndicate. That's on my hat here. If people are watching the videos, this is my Tuesday hat. <laughs> Because like I, on Tuesdays, I, I, I coach people and I work on my business and I do all that. Um, I don't fix dance on Tuesdays. And uh, this, this, what this represents for me is like, is excellence, right? So I'm trying to put myself around people who are better than I am um, instead of the other way around. <clears throat> Most of my life was spent. Sorry about, yeah. Sorry about that for today. No, yeah. <laughs> Except for today, yeah. I mean, better in so many different ways, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm trying to put myself around people that are better and you included. And I know that we like to self-deprecating humor here, but uh, I learned a lot from you having you on my podcast. And I learned a lot of, a lot of, from people on my podcast when I'm on their podcast, everything, just put yourself around new, new people, have new conversations, learn new things. Like I didn't even know when we started talking that you were that into the personal development side of the world. I probably yeah. should have known because you keep creating new things, business well, tools, yeah. podcast, but yeah. And I did some outside sales too. And I probably did start with Zig Ziglar, mm-hmm. Jim Rohn, yeah, Tony Jim Robbins, Rohn. all those, mm-hmm. those pillars in that space are, are For sure. what was 
shoved into my ears first. Yeah, yeah it was CDs in my car, and uh, I I probably have a cassette tape rolling around. Yeah, that'd be great somewhere. That'd be great. Uh, I'd love to see that. Um, I'll have to look. Dig it up. <laughs> I probably got thrown out. But. It's next to the uh, the 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 Windows Z tool <clears throat> in your shop there. Um, <laughs> so the artist in the, I mean, it's run by Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. Uh, they're both worth hundreds of millions of dollars, have built dozens of companies between the two of them. Um, find people that are ahead of you, find people that have done what you want to do and then hire them to show you. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. that's what it comes down to, you know? I mean, it's, it's very similar to PDR training. Like you can learn PD, you can learn PDR on your own, right? There's great video resources out there, whether it's free on YouTube or you want to pay a you know few bucks a month, like fifty or a hundred, and learn from Real World or Dent Trainer or you know that kind of thing. And the, the, there's you can do it. Will it take you a year or two, probably? Um, or you can pay ten or fifteen grand and go to a dent repair coach. Or what I or a trainer, as they call themselves, yeah. And for three weeks, on one hands on, yeah, yeah. And I guarantee you, there's no time limit on when you'll learn, but it'll be significantly faster than watching YouTube videos. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and so can I grow my PDR business by myself? Yeah, I can buy seventeen dollar books on Audible and listen to podcasts, and I can do it. There's no doubt about that. But if I put up the money to hire people to show me how they did it, will it be faster? Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I was in After my I joined groups and hired coaches. Year, and it was, uh, it was eye-opening for sure. And you mm-hmm. don't even realize how, how tall some of those mountains can get until you talk mm-hmm. to the people on top of them. And you're like, oh, yeah. well, I'm not even – I'm not even at base camp yet. We got, we got <laughs> things to do. So, yeah. Uh, 100%. It's inspiring and, and, and informational and mm-hmm. amazing when yeah. you rub elbows with the right, with the right people. So. Right. It's like, I mean, there's, there's, there's 50 ways to grow a dent repair business um, and get the right, per- talk to the right people and they can, they can say, yeah, I've done 17 of those ways and none of them worked. Mm-hmm. So don't make those same 17 mistakes that I did. <laughs> try these things. Right. And I mean, if you look at how much time and time and money is lost by doing the wrong things over and over to try your company, um, it makes sense to pay somebody. It's not a, it's not an expense. It's an investment to find the right way. And I'm currently learning this. Like I, I feel like I wish I would have done this when I say, I feel like I couldn't afford these types of things like Arte. I would have never paid for Arte two or three years ago. Yeah. It's expensive, yeah. but it's not expensive because it's an investment. I can never consider my investments expensive because they make me money, you know? Yeah. And so I just try to look at it from a different perspective. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to have the end in mind when you're at the beginning and you know, if you, if you would, if you knew you could spend X right now mm-hmm. to get to Y, whatever it is, yeah. five, ten years sooner, I mean, everybody would do it every time. And, I mean, obviously certain groups or certain – nothing's guaranteed in life. Mm-hmm. So there's all always risk associated. But if you if you do it intelligently 
and uh, do your research. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna find the way. And yeah. So I, I have a on my podcast. I've talked about it a few times, but it's something I've developed. It's one of my circles, if you will, of of, uh, of my coaching. But I, I run everything through a filter that I have, and I call it like the process, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And if you've heard that, so, so the way it goes is it's, it's the acronym is bear and it's B E A R. So beliefs, environment, actions, results. And so the first thing that I've, the, what took me 10 years is the belief, right? Is the belief that I'm capable of growing a big business the belief that I can become a leader, the belief that I can have a million dollar dent business and still be humble, all those beliefs. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second step of that is an environment. And really over the last year or two, I've really put myself into environments that help me grow, right? Starting a podcast, going to MTE over the last couple of years, um, joining mastermind groups like Arate and and also PDR related groups as well. I know you're in one and I'm in a different one, but they're there. Um, so put yourselves in those, in those opportunities and areas to grow, right? And then the third thing in that, the third thing in the process is action, right? Because none of this shit works. Like this is the biggest knock on self-development. The biggest knock on everything is that like, you can't just think your way or visualize your way into a greater life. What are you talking about? That's yeah. how you manifest I everything. You I know. You sit around and yep. you imagine mm-hmm. and you imagine mm-hmm. and you imagine and then it all happens. And then it just poof, it works, right? <laughs> That's the biggest, the biggest detractor to, to self-development. Yet, yes, all of those things are in the process of, right? Like visualization, there's scientific proof in studies that your brain cannot tell the difference between visual, visualization and actual reality. So if you visualize yourself doing something enough time, your brain starts to think that that actually happened, right? And that's how you create beliefs. But you still have to take action, right? So join the groups, start your business, listen to the books, put yourself in the environment, all that stuff. But then you have to take action. And that's the part where people start to get scared. Like you have to actually send someone your credit card number for $4,000 or 15. I've hired a a personal coach, $15,000 personal coach right? Uh, you have to fly to MTE. You have to start a podcast. You have to walk into that dealership. Like they, they're big stuff, small stuff. You have to walk into the dealership and say that you're the best option for them. Yep. You have to tell a customer like, yes, that dent repair is $250 and I'm going to be here for 30 minutes. Like you have to mm-hmm. take action on these things or nothing ever changes. Exactly. You know? Yes, sir. Um, and that's, that's the hardest part for so many people. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know Maybe, you know, you probably have a better way of, of telling people that they need to do that. And I don't know if it's start small or whatever, you know, I got my teeth kicked in selling advertising. I had to walk into how many businesses and and be like, Oh, you want to pay, you want to add in the yellow pages? Like Mm -hmm. nobody wants that. So selling dent repair wasn't difficult in comparison. Um, but I can see where, you know, especially somebody new to the industry trying to walk into a dealership. I mean, car guys are special and they can, they can cut you down pretty quick if, uh, if you're not used to it. So I agree. I mean, yeah, a lot of it's reps, you know, cause I did the same thing. Like I, I was in the outside sales for three years, you know, it was, I knocked on a million doors. I remember the first, like when I started working, I left, started working for a trucking company. I was like a management trainee and I was like in sales and like this guy named Billy took me out and Billy was like 
he, he's probably the one who told me about Big Ziggler, but he was like just this outgoing, like just just a salesman, just like big dude and just like funny and like would slap you on the back and like was like crude and and probably he would perceive be perceived now as a like misogyny to all the girls that he walked into. It's just like this, just like this dude, right? Just like man, man, like drink, like I like drink till three and then get up at six and do sales and just like this this guy and he would just like walk into these places and just be like the coolest fucking dude there was in the in that room and people just loved him. Um, I don't think that's the way it works now, but like just putting in the reps, right? You just got to go do it. Like I was, I was so scared, man. I remember just like probably having to stop at the restroom before I went into every office because my nerves, right? They're just crazy. Like I'm going to go in and tell them that they should buy my stuff. Like, oh my God. Did you ever watch, uh, what, what are the classic movies? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, classic nope. sales movie. <laughs> Uh, uh-uh. All right, put it on your queue. <laughs> and uh, Boiler Room, another Boiler Room, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, lots of good ones out there. The, that's what I think when you're describing the, your yeah. the guy who took you out. I, I think of mm-hmm. movies like that. Sales is different now. Oh, it, it is. I, I, uh, th- this was 2011 or so. I, I, I think in a decade, sales have changed everything. I think the three things you need to focus on with your sales, they, they need to like you, know you, and trust you. I think those are the biggest things. So if you're going to walk into a dealership and sell or walk into a body shop or somebody or somewhere, they need to like you and then know you and then trust you. Those are the three, those are the three steps to sales. So you, it doesn't take one time. You're going to have to go in there eight times. We had this conversation on on our podcast. Um, You know, it take you go in there and say hi. Go in there and bring a coffee. Go in there and ask if you can help. Go in there and see if they have any dents you need fixed. Go in there and see if the service department needs anything. You just you have to have these conversations and and make them like you and know you. And eventually they can trust you when you start to perform repairs for them. Yeah. Um, and One every every is giving them a card and just asking them if they. Do you guys have a trash can? Mm-hmm. Hand them your card and just be like, yeah. look, I know it's the first time I'm here. I don't expect you to hire yeah. me today, but I'll see you next week. Yeah, and that's that's the humor side. I, I love that on the podcast. I've told that to a couple people actually since we've talked that you'd made round frisbee like cards, <laughs> and you hand it to them and say, "I made them round, so it's easier to toss into the trash can from your desk." Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's know you, and that's like you. Like, all right, like I get it. Like the the thing with car guys is they're not there's not a lot of bullshit. It's like direct stuff. And I think that, I think that people like they're in sales, like used car guys and sales guys, like, like car dealers are like one of the last places where like true salesmen. You're not going to implement these sales systems to a guy that has also listened to the same programs a hundred times. There's nothing that annoys me more. If I go like, we just bought a new furniture from the bedroom mm-hmm. you know, you go into somewhere and you can just you just feel them feel going through their script and you're i'm yeah. just like bob yeah go away i'll find you if i want something <laughs> for sure yeah i mean yeah you're talking like you're talking to these sales guys that you know most used car managers are at least a salesman first or or, or something like that and oh, and these guys were you know they're 
furniture sales, car sales, like the ultimate sales. Like they're, they'll do anything. Like they'll, they'll get your grandma to fucking come down and co-sign on the car loan to sell you the car. Like the, like they understand the game. Right. And so you, there's no sales tactics. There's no tricks. It's direct. It's like the, the, the way I've gotten the most accounts I've ever gotten are literally either one asking them like, when can I come to your dance? Like, I know I fixed a few for you. Yeah, you say the other guy shows up. You don't even fucking know his name, right? right? Or when he comes, but he's here, right? Like, when can I just, when can I start? Like, and that's one. And then the other one was like actually going and finding a dent on the lot that wasn't worked on because it was too big and saying, can I fix this for you? Yeah. And like, Don't I will show list. you. Just yeah. as- <laughs> assuming, assuming mm-hmm. that they're going to do it and just, yeah. Show them. I I use an iPad, whatever you use, but yeah, if you go in with a repair to be done and say it's all right here, it's all in my system. This is how much I can fix it. Yeah, you have to put that opportunity out there for them to say yes to. Just saying, yeah. hey, can I fix your dents? Is not. Uh, yeah, they got to know you. Then they have to like you, and then you can start pushing. You can start pushing. Once they know you like you, you can start, you can start pushing because that trust, that last trust part, most of these guys aren't going to just freely give that out to you. And most of them, they're not even going to give you an opportunity to earn that a lot of the times. Like they're almost looking for you, like as the salesman sitting in the lot and the, the customers walking the car lot, like, are you going to go get that customer? Right. You know how it works in the car lots. You can't walk on a car lot without like, two or three guys like coming hey, yeah. like you know what i mean like yeah you can't just go in there and expect Especially them to call it's your first week or or two at that lot i mean oh, yeah. a couple sales guys are gonna come mm-hmm. come knocking at your door yeah no i mean like i mean as far as like if you're a customer buying a car on a car lot or in a furniture store they're gonna come to you oh yeah right the salesman will come to you right when yeah. you're a dent guy you're a salesman and you need to go to that customer, which is the used car manager, the person at the sales tower, whoever, like you need to go to them, yeah, right? Okay. Know you like you. And then it's your job to go get the work. They're never, very rarely will they ever call you up unless you're playing the long game, right? Know you like you. And then maybe three years down the road, they'll call you, right? But if you're trying to get work now, you have to go get the work. Like you have to go sell yourself, um, and that starts to go back in the process. That starts with beliefs. That starts with beliefs in yourself, belief you're capable, belief you can fix anything, belief that you, you know, you can do this. And then when you believe in that and you believe in your product and you believe in the service you can provide, then you can sell it like there's no tomorrow. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So go ahead. Oh, I, I don't know where I was going, but everywhere i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah we've we've gone down a few tangents here that's yeah. that's uh that's what we would hope for anyway uh but that's yeah, how my so, brain works <laughs> yeah well definitely that's, uh, i think that's everybody so yeah uh but yeah so you're you're doing you're doing all these these groups and all of that stuff and then i mean what what pushed you over the edge to now be, say I want to, I want to be a coach. I'm going to, I'm going to start helping some other guys get to where I got. 
I, I think it's preparation and opportunity. So I've been preparing for that, not knowing, but preparing for it for a long time, just learning, growing, uh, reading, being in groups, all that stuff. And then um, the opportunity, right? So I hired a coach. I was growing my damn business and all this stuff. And I it kind of in between that transition to like, I, I just really like this stuff. You know, I just really like having the conversations. People ask you like, if you had to do something for free, what would you do? And for me, it's not dense to be perfectly honest with you. It's not dense. Um, but this stuff I can do. I can have these conversations. Um, I can go to group events. I can help people grow. I love that stuff. Um, and I saw an opportunity in the debt, in the debt business that, I mean, the, the debt repair training is there, right? Guys are getting trained like faster than we've ever seen. Probably a dozen a day, I would imagine, throughout the world, or a couple dozen a day, right? Um, I mean, my, you know, you can name Mike Toledo and, and Top Gun with Marty. Like, guys, every week they're just training people, good, good, good people, too. And like, good, like, they're good, like, they're good oh, at yeah, of, There's a lot of quality training yeah. out there, and they're turning out some really good technicians. So, yeah. um, and, I agree with that. And a book that I read that influenced me a lot was The E-Myth from Michael Gerber. Um, one of the first books I ever read on Audible probably eight years ago. And I remember that he said there's differences between technicians and, and you know, business owners. Or I don't remember how he phrased it. But the technicians doing the work and the people that own the businesses. And, and in this industry, naturally, and my dad being one of them, is a technician. Oh, yeah. Like through uh, He loves using his hands. He loves doing the work. He loves uh, the finished product. Um, he loves all of that. And um, I see that in, in a lot of guys throughout the industry as their technicians. And I think the one thing that they lack is the business side of things. And so I saw opportunity to help people with that because that's what I love. That's what I like to do. I fix dents in the meantime, and I'm pretty good at it. I mean, I've been doing it for, you know, I've been around it for close close to 20 years, but about 15 more or so full time with a little gap in there. And um, I do that work, but I love the business stuff. I love having conversations. I love helping people grow. I love helping people see their life and see their business from a different perspective, a perspective that they'll never see on their own because that's not how our brains work. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, I can, I can only imagine. I've had the opportunity to talk to a couple guys newer in the industry and you know kind of walk them through like oh, this is how you set up a, a gmb page this is how you set up your facebook this that blah 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 and um that's been that's been pretty rewarding um but i don't think i could coach them past the technician stage because honestly that's probably where i'm at with my pushing business because mm -hmm. if i'm not there there's no money coming in yeah. and uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm hoping to achieve in 2021 is to get myself mm -hmm. to a point where, you know, I have one kid I'm training, but uh, really what I need is, is uh, a technician to help me yeah. because I can't, <laughs> I can't yeah. push yeah. so much metal. I'm in the same boat as you, man. Like I own a little portion of my dad's business, but I still work for him. Like as my main source of income, I'm an employee still. And so I work my ass off right now, to be perfectly honest with you, trying to grow my coaching business and make enough money in debt repair. 
So I'm working four days a week right now, uh, pushing dents at like a fucking bat out of hell as much as I can those four days. And then on Tuesdays and the weekends, I'm growing, I'm growing the coaching side to be perfectly honest, but I love it. I love doing it. Um, I've been pushing dents for so long. I, I, I enjoy it, but it's, you know, I, I listen to books and podcasts while I do it. Well, Let's just say that. <laughs> going to autopilot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, and depending on my schedule that day will depend on what I'm listening. Is it a podcast day or is it, you know, fire up the dubstep or the, <laughs> the, the Jay-Z, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever playlist that's going to mm-hmm. get me really rocking. But, yeah. uh, but, yeah, but I totally get that. I, I see that in this industry is that, people have a hard time um, building their companies or, or moving away from the technician and into the owner. Yeah. Right. Well, it's Spots. a pay cut to start. I mean, yeah. you, mm-hmm. cause you can push you know, pick your yeah. poison. I think everybody probably has different numbers of what they can push, but it's somewhere between, you know, a hundred to, I mean, depending on, what kind of business you're you're doing you can i've heard of guys doing upwards of 400 just themselves pushing right let's i I don't mind do you mind talking about numbers because i don't mind no okay we can talk numbers i I believe that um if you're good at dense like you can you can do big stuff maybe not like everything like you know like the prices and stuff but you can fix big dents you can fix 15 inch dents and fenders you can fix door like you can do all that and you can make them clean like 99% of people are stoked when you're done right you should be making 15 grand a month billing you just you should like it's the market's there the opportunity is there the customers are there um whether it's wholesale or or retail customers like you should be able to push 15 and i mean that's you know if you're working every day of the week not the weekends. That's typically 21 to 22 days a month. We're talking 700 to $800 a month or a day, 700 to $800 a day. Yeah. 750 a day. I'll get you 15 if you're working five yeah. days a week. And so I, as I talked to people, the preparation meet opportunity. So I, I was preparing for all this stuff and the opportunity came out. I would talk to people like people would find me on Instagram or Facebook and we would talk other, other dent pro people or other people I met through other Facebook groups. Like we would just talk and I'd be like, Oh yeah, we should do this. We should do that. And like over the years and years and years, like I would help them. They would help me. We would grow our businesses. We got dent pro up to doing over a million dollars um, a year in, in debt, just debt repair, we don't do any other services or anything. And I was like, this is great. Like we're doing, I think we're doing really well. As I look around other businesses, there's, you know, solo guys or one guy or, or, and they're struggling to do this. I'm like, man, it's like, I don't know if it's a combination of I've been it so long and I know how to do outside sales, but like, I, I understand something and I can see, I can see a perspective and I know how to, I know how to grow people's businesses. I know how, what they can do to grow their businesses. So I'm like, I should start helping people do this. So I would help people do it for free. But what was bad about that is that I, I wouldn't commit my time. They would call me and I'm like, I'm busy. Sorry, bro. Um, I can't talk. Right. And so the only real way for me to provide tons of value to the industry is, is a value exchange, right? You pay me money. I give you time. I give you my mental time and my physical time every single week. The same time every single week, I will spend at least an hour with you. Yeah. Well, there has to be accountability on both sides. Mm. I mean, not just, not just for the coach, but for the, the 
coachy, the trainee, the, the client, it? the client. Yeah. So if, if I want to grow my business and I'm like, Hey, Corey, mm. hook me up. Yeah. Come on, bud. We were, we were on each other's podcast. Yeah. Like give me all the yeah. advice. Right. But the yeah, thing is, is that give me the key. I will though. Like I'll give like, that's why I have a podcast. The podcast is free. I'm not going to do ads. I'm not going to sell tools on it. I don't do anything on there. I just, I just talk to cool people and, and give you tips. But the problem is like we talked about earlier, people don't do anything with free shit. <laughs> they just don't, they just don't see the value in it. When you get something for free, you don't have a perceived value. Some people do, and they'll take some stuff and do it. Um, but really when you want to like bet on yourself and be accountable to yourself, when you, when you put up money, um, in your own personal development, your own business growth, that's when you show up. Yeah. Well, there has to be some investment there. Absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought of the, the saying, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Yeah. Uh, Same thing goes. I mean, if, if mm-hmm. uh, some floozy's throwing herself at you, you're not going to uh, you're not going to imagine yourself uh, as her uh, the or her as the future mother of your. Children. That is a fair analogy to say. <laughs> probably true. Um, yes, yeah. It's weird, probably true. Now things going on. Up <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's so that's that's kind of where I went to. Is that like I, I see an opportunity in the industry. And I think I have the skills to do it. Um, I've, I think one of the things that I look for in hiring a coach is like that someone's been there. Right. And so, you know, I've, if you haven't built a million dollar dinner repair business and you want to, I've done that. I at least helped do it. Right. I took an existing business from my dad, which was doing somewhere in the mid 200 thousands when I came back in 2012 and we got it to a million. Um, so it's possible. It, it's not, I'm not special. I, I, uh, you know, have all my own struggles and I, hopefully I've shared some of those too. <laughs> so you can see, it's just, hasn't been like an easy ride. Um, but that's where I learned the most, you know, that's where I learned how to get over those things. And I think a coach really helps with that in the process of the beliefs and the environment you put yourself around the people and do all that. And that action part, I think is really where having so, an accountability partner, if you can find one for free, that's great. Um, or hire somebody to be that person for you. And then I have conversations with my my clients every week and it's like, okay, discussion of what's going on in your business. Here's where you want to go. Here's what we need to do. Okay. Here's what I see from your perspective, what you need to do, right? You need to go do this thing. And they're like, yeah, well, but, and then it's like, here come the limiting beliefs and here come the reason why I can't and the reason why only other people can. Right. And then we work through that stuff and it's like, okay, I realize that here's what I have to do. It's hard. Right, but here's what I have to do. Yeah, well, some some birds don't fly until they get pushed out of the nest. Yeah, that's so, true. You got to force it sometimes, and that's you know, true. Not everything is gonna start beautifully, and no. you know people are gonna trip along the way. I mean, perfect example. I ha- I forgot to put up my logos and my borders. I saw until, that <laughs> until about ten fifteen minutes in. So you know. It's not always going to start pretty here, but, yeah. uh, you know, we, we learn as we go and, and, uh, hope everything gets better and better. Along yeah. The way. And it, it will, if you want it to, that, that's the, one of the, that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned, man, is that like, we see other people, like I'm like 40 episodes into my podcast or something. And, and, or you see other people's podcasts or you see other people's repairs on Facebook or you see, and you, 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 you feel like you can't start until you're that, 
right? Right. Yeah. Or you, or I, I can't put any videos up until I have Bryce Kelly quality. Yeah. Yeah. That'll right. that'll uh, that'll shoot you in the foot every time. You know. Because you'll never because you'll never do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's absolutely. the thing. You'll never yeah. take any action. And that's if I waited big, for my podcast to be as good as yours, it would never have started. It would never have started. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Or if you compare it to like a podcast that is bigger than the PDR industry, right? Oh, that has yeah. millions of listeners. Like the, the, those, most of those people, it wasn't their first podcast. My the podcast that I started was not my first podcast. I've done other podcasts that unPDR related. Oh wow! Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I've tried all different things that have failed and started to fail, you know, different stuff. It's like, that's part of the entrepreneurial or part of the growing part of life. Right. Um, we did 12 episodes of that podcast and it didn't go anywhere and I lost interest in it. Um, but anyway, so that's one of the biggest things that if if there's, if there's any actionable advice is just like, like start before you think that you're ready to start. Right. Like just put the episode, put, put the before and after video on YouTube. Does it, you don't need an intro and outro, no voiceover. I don't even give a shit if it has any words in it at all. Just put it on there. Like break the barrier to entry of doing that. And then the next one that you do or three of them later, make that one better. (laughs) And then like 25 videos later, you can have intro an intro made on Fiverr and an outro and a voiceover and, and, add words to the bottom and, and do all, and do all those things. But like, don't make that be the barrier to entry to doing to it's like, it's like if you started dent repair and you're like, I got it. The first dent I have to fix is like an eight inch dent through a body line on a door, <laughs> aluminum door. Right. It's like, no, do you start, you start with a little dents and get better. <laughs> Gotta start ugly. You know, everybody had their first kiss at some point and it yeah. probably didn't go well. It was probably bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're getting close to uh, to rounding it up. I, I have a couple questions I like to ask everybody. And, cool. Uh, the first is, what is your least favorite PDR-related question, whether it be from uh, a customer, a, a used car manager, uh, who knows? The first one that popped to my mind is the one that I hear all the time, which makes me- the reason it's so absurd is because it makes no sense. And I get it just way too often. It's like hilarious. Well, it used to be hilarious. And now I'm probably looking at an asshole when people ask me the question, but I fix majority of dents through the window. And so the windows roll down and it's wedged open and people walk by and say, Oh, is that so you lock yourself out of your car? You like, the fucking windows down, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I you're not paying to- attention. <laughs> I love that one. But yeah. So that's like, I, just, I don't know. That's the first one that popped in my mind. Yeah. I just say yes now. Yeah. 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 Like, yep. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I should just, I should just reach. I've done so many different, it depends on my mood, right? It depends on like, if yeah. I'm in a good mood I'll, I'll, or if I'm in a bad mood, I just fuck with them. It's like the windows open or it's like, or it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll play along with it. But yeah, that's, that's the question that popped in my mind. Cause I, I feel like I just get it all the time. It just yeah. cracks me up. It's yeah. the best when it comes from the new, you know, the green horn sales guy. At yeah. the <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're cute. <laughs> Maybe take a more, a couple more of those computer trainings and, and uh, check back with me. Yeah. Yeah. The, the next best that I would say is like, uh, they'll ask like, you know, whenever you're tapping on the car, there's always a, a plethora of comments about, you know, 
you, aren't you putting out the wrong way? Yeah, you're making making dance, like all this stuff, you know. And honestly, when when I see that though, like it's just it just heightens in my mind that this industry is just so tiny. It's just like no no one even knows about it. There's so much more growth opportunity because I get annoyed about it sometimes. I'm like, man, like it's cool to be in an industry that is essentially brand new to the world. Like, yeah. So it's, I know. Me- we're segueing perfectly into the second oh, really? question that okay. I asked everybody, <laughs> and that question is, what can we do as an industry to create better public awareness around painless debt repair? Like, how do we get from, did you lock your keys in the car, yeah. to, oh, you're clearly doing painless debt? Can I have your business card? Yeah. Um, use every opportunity that you possibly can to make people your salesman period. And I've been doing this for years now. And I think that's why our business is the part of the right. Our business is longevity is success. It's success. Um, people, when I start, when I, we started in the nineties, my dad started in the nineties and every dent guy hid what they did. They like, like legitimately, like my dad was in 91. There was a guy in Sacramento that was here in the nineties or like late nineties, like right before my dad. And actually, technically, my dad started in San Jose in Silicon Valley area and then came to Sacramento later. But um, they would hide what they did. They would literally put sheets up sometimes and hide what they did. And it, and it, it like looking back from my perspective now blows my mind. I, I guess maybe I don't know if I'd have been one of them if I started in the 90s. My dad never was. But um, it, people can't learn how to do it by watching you. Just we we should all know that by now. Like I'll right. give you I'll give you a tool. Like take a tool. I'll, I'll tell you what to yeah. do. Like good luck, right? Like don't hide it. Like people people love seeing people really good at stuff. Like they love seeing like experts perform their craft. Like why do you think sports are so popular? Right? Is because like everybody knows how to like to take a basketball and like shoot it up into the round thing and make it right. Like everyone probably done that once in life, but when you see somebody like that good at it, like some of the, that fast and that big and that like they're, they're, they're just experts. And it's like fascinating to see how much of their life they've spent doing this to be so good at that thing that they just make it look easy. Right. Like on TV, you make it like it looks easy. Like when you're watching football, it doesn't look like they're running that fast. And it doesn't look like but like in reality, you go down on the field like big dudes just crashing into each other. Right. I'm flip flopping sports analogies here. I'm going to I'll bring you back around. Your 40 yard. Yeah. 40 yard pass on a dime with perfect touch while you have. You know, 300 I don't know what the, pound the guys collective weight of a defensive line, is a ton, a, a, a literal ton. ton. Yeah. yeah. Right. And to do that. And so like people love watching that though. And, and, I, and when I'm doing this, like when I'm performing dare repair in a parking lot at someone's workplace, which actually doesn't happen that, that much this year, but at a dealership, any of those places, every single one of those opportunities, when the guy comes and stands behind you and watches you, that is your opportunity to make him into your salesman. Yeah. Right. It's and so, so don't easy to get annoyed. Don't get annoyed. That's exactly <laughs> what I think. Don't get annoyed because like, it's like, it's like the guy, like the, the athletes, if I can go back to that, because they're the experts in their field, right. The pinnacle of what they do is like, the, like them getting annoyed at, at signing autographs. I'm like, yeah. you really, like the, the reason you make money is because people 
uncontrollably love what you do. Like, I don't understand why you don't support that. Right. Yeah. I guess maybe some athletes to, to get to a point where they don't have to, but um, I'm here so I don't get fined. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Hold on. Let me put my hoodie on. <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, like, so, so take that opportunity, right? Like whenever I have that opportunity to, and I call it an opportunity, right? Perspective change, like all of life is perspective change. And so, uh, take, take that and, and, and teach them, like literally explain to them why you're tapping something down. Like I've told people like, yeah, we're like, so, and you think that they don't want to hear it, but they actually do. I promise you like, yeah, when a, you know, when a door hits your car like this, the metal actually goes in, but then all the metal gets dispersed around it. Like it has to go somewhere, right? Like that makes sense, right? Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It has to go somewhere. And when it, it doesn't just go in and stay, it goes in and it also comes out and around, right? And they're like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. And so what I have to do is I have to push it from the backside and I have to put it back from the, from the outside. One of the biggest reasons why people aren't good at dent repair is because they don't know where to tap crowns. They don't know how to release pressure, Right. Yeah, And so I go through all these things with them. And after that, they're just like, especially if it's a customer and you're at their retail and you charge them 300 bucks and you're there 45 minutes. And you, if you can talk to them while you're doing that, they're like, I get it. Yeah, I oh, understand yeah. why I paid him so much money. Yep. And you it's, know, it's and awesome to see when somebody is understanding and they mm-hmm. are engaged when you're having those yeah. conversations. Yeah. And it's also kind of funny. Sometimes you start doing that to maybe the wrong person yeah. in there. Yeah, and they're like, all right, I'm going to go inside. Over, they're like, uh, I got to go uh, get yeah. some coffee. You call me when you're done here. Yeah, one of two things will happen. One, they'll just perceive you as an expert and they'll leave and that's fine. They they know you're the expert. Court from Dent Repair knows your shit. I, I don't really care. I just want people who know their shit to work on my stuff. Done. The second, the second thing you'll get is a lot of people like to be in the know. So same thing with athletes, right? They like to know stats and know this and know the records and know the history and know all that. They're a fan, right? And those are the people that can become your salesman because when they feel like they're in the know, like when the the car salesman at the dealership feels like he knows dent repair, which he doesn't, but he feels like he does after a 90 second overview of what, then he can go tell his buddy. He's a car guy. That's why he started selling cars anyways. He didn't know what the fuck to do with his life. He likes cars. He has like a, a Civic that he lowered and like, and so he's like, I'm going to go sell some, some Hondas, right? He likes cars. So now he can talk to all his buddies. Like, yeah, I'm in this car dude, like this dent repair guy, like this. And he like, make, they made it perfect. Like, you know, yada, yada. So that's what I would say. Like if we have 5,000 guys across the country selling to one person a day by the end of 2021, I don't know. I don't, I didn't have that math prepared, but it's yeah. a lot of people. It's a lot of people. A lot of people. <laughs> So that's how I would, that's how I would do it. There's no large company that's going to put um, marketing campaigns into the world or on the Super Bowl um, commercials at this point. Um, so it's on all of us. For a Super Bowl commercial, how many dent guys would, uh, would contribute to that? Put up like a hundred bucks each and just like generic, just like a generic paintless dent repair commercial for everybody. Look up your local dent repair company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. I've, I've thought of that before. I actually I we had a too. conversation about that uh, uh, MTE Vegas. Me and oh, really? uh, S and yeah. Thomas from Stanliner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. we were all talking about I think we might. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. I, it would be, it would be cool. We didn't get that far, obviously, because. Isn't well, it like how many millions for 
like a second. <laughs> yeah, you, 30 <laughs> seconds is around, uh, it's about a million a second. It's about like a, 25 a million, a million for 30 seconds. So There's not enough money in the debt community, I don't believe. <laughs> not, we're probably not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet, yeah. But that's how, that's how, that's my answer to that question is take every opportunity and just selfishly for your own local market. Yeah, take every opportunity to turn as many people you can into into salesmen. That's that's what oh. it's sales what sales women men or women people sales people sales people sales them's mm-hmm. um, anyway. <laughs> well, that, that might be the best answer yet. Uh, sorry to everybody else. Uh, <laughs> only my previous guests uh, weren't listening, uh, but yeah. So that that is awesome. Uh, I do like that. Take those opportunities, people, and use them. And they are opportunities. Yeah, that's Try that's they're they're not they're not frustrations. <laughs> Try to avoid looking at the the new detail kid at whatever dealership when he's standing over your shoulder, going, "How does that work?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually tell him. Uh, so. Actually tell him, and he uh, he's not going to take your job. <laughs> I don't know why, where the sheets came from in the, in the nineties and people hid dent repair and all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not sure what the fear was there because I'm like, don't, don't, I know they were getting a lot for training back then. I mean, I've heard of guys paying $50,000 for training. Right. But if someone comes and looks over your shoulder for 30 minutes, they they still need training. Oh yeah. I I don't understand like why you would hide anything. But different times, different times, I guess. It was it was a very secretive cult-like industry back in the – I think – actually, now that I'm talking about it, I bet they just didn't want them to ever enter into PDR <laughs> because it was so good and it was so niche that they didn't want any, any other dent technicians to ever enter, which is funny because that's still the case today. There's still yeah, a ton so of people on forums. So many guys are of that yeah. mindset. And Cracks me I up. I think, you know, the tides are turning, and I think uh, yeah. critical mass has been reached. And uh, I think I think the guys like you and I and everybody that is on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and, and helping other people along, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's making us all grow together. Yeah. And I think it's better for the industry overall. Because yes. There might be 10 or so PDR shops in my market, which is kind of high, but there's hundreds, hundreds mm. of body shops. So. Yeah, hundreds. <laughs> I've done this math before too. I got to pull, I, I'll put that, I got to put that back on my Instagram today. I do it every once in a while, but I do the math on how much opportunity there is in, in PDR. And if I think, think the body shop business is a $30 billion industry as a whole in the U S just the U S and if you took 10% of the, of the work going to body shops and gave it to dent guys, which I've, I've serviced dozens of body shops and there's 10% of stuff like that I can do there oh, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. And it's cheaper, faster, better, no paint. The, the list goes on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's $3 billion, $3 billion. And we just talked a good dent technician should be doing about 200 K a year. So what's two billion divided by two hundred thousand? Like another fifteen thousand dent technicians. And the thing is, we're never going to get that work from the body shops until we have the technicians there to do it. 
Yeah. Right. And that's where competition is like more people come into the Sacramento market. It makes me up my game. They up their game. We take more stuff. We, we advertise against each other. We take more retail. We take more stuff from body shops. We do this. Maybe competition lowers wholesale potentially. Maybe. I don't know. But that's how that part grows. Like we, like if, if all of a sudden 10% of all the people that take their cars in the body shops decided to call me, like they're going to get fixed next year. So it does it can't work that way. The only way for it to work is there to be more people into the business. But the thing is, and this is what I'm telling a lot of my clients, and I don't think I've shared this on outwardly to anybody, but eventually it's going to be easier to work for a company than it is to start your own business. And we're getting very close to that point, in my opinion. Maybe they don't stay forever. I, I have I have ways to make people stay. I know that's a big problem in the industry where they come and they leave, right? You yeah. you did it. I people in our business did it, right? Yeah. But eventually it's going to be easier because imagine coming out, paying 15 grand train, go to Sacramento and try to get into some accounts, right? You're, you're dealing with me. You're dealing with Keith, Keith's company, Bullseye, right? A couple other fantastic companies. Like it's, it's going to be hard to get some traction. It's going to be really difficult, right? And then to go online, you're like, okay, I'll go retail. Like you're dealing again with me and Keith who have been at this for five years plus, like try to try to organically rank higher than us. It, it's going to be really tough. At some point, it's going to be easier to call one of us up. And I know Keith hired somebody last year who was out of CarMax and looked for a job. We've done the same thing and worked for somebody. Yeah. So take care of your business, grow your business, become the best business you can and be the most outward facing. And those people will f- can find you and yeah. you can get those customers from the body shops and give them to those people. Absolutely. Tremendous advice. Yes. All right. Is there anything I missed? Anything I missed that you were like, John, I was really hoping you were going to ask me. Of my entire life story? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, man. I mean, no, we did it. We covered a lot. I I hope I helped some people. I learned more than I've ever known. So uh, I think we're better off. Yeah. I I always do a uh, quote of the week and the quote of the week today. I think it's fitting for for you and your followers and a lot of the stuff we talked about today, but it is. It always seems impossible until it's done. So you're not gonna get that account. You're not gonna you're not gonna transform your business. It it it, it always looks impossible from the outside, but uh you gotta start somewhere. So Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, so just I would say check me out on my website, CoachCoreyK.com. CoachCoreyK.com. And Instagram too, same thing. If you guys aren't listening to his podcast somehow, but you are listening to mine, I think that's a little backwards, but uh, (laughs) listen to the Coach Corey K podcast, GDR Coach. It's phenomenal. Um, I've I've learned a lot from it. Thanks, man. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Really appreciate it. It was fun. Uh, until next time, everybody, keep dreaming. We'll see ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week.